Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another installment of the It's Just a Game podcast. I'm your host, Chris Peel. And today, we're going to be talking to the Eagles. Um, it's almost Christmas, and this the Dallas Cowboys are the gift that just keeps on giving, no matter what. If we need them to lose to the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving so we can give thanks, like... They're going to do that for us. If we need them to lose to the New England Patriots on a Thursday, if we need them to lose to the Chicago Bears on a Thursday. Like, they're going to do it for us. They're going to help us out. So, again, the Dallas Cowboys come through for us, and the Eagles are the direct recipient of the Dallas Cowboys uh, just deciding, you know what, we don't want to win these games in December no more. If you've been a football fan for a couple years, if you watch this team, you pretty, you know how how Dallas goes in December. You know, as soon as December, January hits, things things like this are just bound to happen. So, once again in 2019, heading into 2020, it happened again, and we're going to benefit from it. Now the job is not done. We still have to win a game against the New York Giants. So today we're going to just be talking about a lot of stuff. I'm going to be talking about ESPN. Why they're full of it. Um, I'm going to be talking about my feelings going into the game pretty much from Wednesday till about this morning, like right before the game. I'll be talking about a couple of guys that you really never really talk about, but I think they had pretty solid games. And one of the guys actually had, uh, he's had a couple of good games back to back. So I like that. I'm going to be talking a little bit about Jerry Jones. I just love to see his disappointed face. And we're going to talk about Miles Sanders and Carson Wentz. And we're going to be just, Talking about the Eagles, and we're going to be looking ahead to next week. Uh, Daniel Jones, he threw five touchdowns today, but we're going to, we're definitely going to get into that. And pretty much, yeah, we're just, just going to be talking Eagles football. So if you want to talk Philadelphia Eagles football with me for the next half an hour to 45 minutes, stay with me on the other side. So when it comes to sports or life in general, pretty much the same thing that makes you laugh makes you cry. So as good as 2017 felt when we went into Dallas in 137-9, that's how bad the 37-10 loss felt this year. As good as 2008 felt when we beat the Dallas Cowboys 44-6 to get into the playoffs, that's how bad 2009 felt when they... Beat us in week 17 and then beat us again in the wildcard game. So, as, again, as bad as the loss earlier in the season felt on Sunday Night Football against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, losing 37-10, when the Dallas got off to that crazy start and we could just we just couldn't recover, that's how good this felt because we're the ones that got off to the fast start. Now, we got the ball first. We went down the field. We got a field goal. And I'm thinking, you know what? Cool. That. Three points right after the bat. Anytime you can score in your first possession, whether it's a field goal, whether it's a touchdown, or it's a touchdown and you don't get the the, the extra point, whatever. You just got to come away with points. Anytime you can just come away with points and just take the lead, no matter how many points it is, it doesn't matter. Like, points are points. So, that was really good. And then we in, and the defense played really well in the first quarter. They got, a, they got two straight three and outs. The first three and out, then they got the ball back, then they went down the field, and they were moving the ball again. They got the touchdown of Dallas Goddard, Dallas beating Dallas. 
Debbie does Dallas. I mean, Dallas does Dallas, like, you know, all that good stuff. Um, it, felt, it felt really, really good. And I was starting to get 2008 vibes. Uh, speaking of 2008, when I was talking about it to start off the show, I remember 2008, you know, the 44-6 game where they pretty much came out and dominated from the start, and they never looked back. And, and I'm just thinking, like, and a lot of times, you know, you get a little ahead of yourself and things don't really go like you want it to go. But when we were up and we were driving the ball and we were up 10 to nothing, I'm thinking like, wow, are we about to blow this team up? Like, cause it just seemed like everything was going right. Like defensively, they were playing well. They were making tackles. Like Ezekiel Elliott wasn't getting any kind of space on the run game. Uh, Deck was inaccurate. It just seemed like one of those days. It didn't turn out like that. So, you know, it ended up being a close game, which they could have blown it wide open now. Eh, I'll just say it now. So we were up 17 to 6, I believe. And Jake Elliott missed that field goal. And well, one, he missed the field goal right before the half. And then Dallas was able they were able to go and get their own field goal, which made it 10 to 6 right before half. Then they came out after the half and they were driving down the field. Then we ended up getting the um the fumble, which they, they weren't able to do anything with it. I mean, between the times, after they went, after the Eagles went up 10 nothing, and then when they finally were able to score right at the end of the third quarter, they didn't, they couldn't get in the end zone. They couldn't score it. And every time we seemed to get close to the red zone, it seemed to be a penalty, whether it was like an illegal block by Jason Peters. And then they, they would turn to like a long play, and they kept trying to do that screen with Boston Scott. And I love the screen passes, like the Dallas Goddard screens, the Zach Ertz screens, the Miles Sanders screens. But for some reason, every time it's Boston Scott, they try those those like swing passes where it's like way behind the line of scrimmage, where it's like six yards behind the line of scrimmage, and they have the wide receivers and the tight ends like blocking out there. And like, I just I don't like those calls as much. I hope Doug Peterson looks at the tape and just trashes those plays completely, because like I said, the better screens to me is when you get the offensive linemen out in space, and that's that's the ones they need to do more with. Especially with Boston Scott, he's shiftier. You know, he can squeeze through those offensive linemen. You, you he can get lost back there. He's so little. But uh, yeah, but Jake Elliott, he missed that field goal, that 55 yarder that could have made it a two possession game, and or it might have been nine already. He might have had nine already. I'm really trying to think, like, but whatever that field goal was when he missed it, and that pretty much changed the momentum. And I'm thinking, like, uh oh, still a one possession game, and they might go down and get it. Actually, yes, it was 17 nine because it was they could have made he could have made it 20 to nine. He would have went back up by 11, and he missed it, which whatever. But even it's funny because when they got the ball last, when Dallas Cowboys got the ball back, I still felt really confident in his defense. And Sidney Jones came off the bench just making plays, and he he came out of nowhere. I, I guess uh, so. Douglas got hurt because last he made a hit when I think Randall Cobb on the catch, and then like a couple plays later he left the game. So I don't know if that hit like hurt him, and that's where he had to lead the game. But all I know was I looked up and Sidney Jones was in the game, just like what happened a couple weeks ago against um against uh the Giants so yeah that but that was that was pretty cool to see Sidney Jones make that play and it's pretty fitting that JJ Arthur Whiteside had like a 24 yard catch on the very first play so the first play that the Eagles had offensively was JJ Arthur Whiteside which the guy has been you know scrutinized a lot by Philadelphia fans and then another guy on the defensive side that has been scrutinized a lot by Eagles fans Sidney Jones he made the last play on defense so the first and last guy that made plays are guys that had really pretty much had something to prove especially with Eagles fans so that was pretty dope to see by those two guys but um it made me saw a lot in this game I mean we had they even had a wildcat in the second quarter by Greg Ward that was a really good play but um 
But again, that Jake Elliott kick, that, that, that could have iced the game. It really could have. Again, luckily, they made the stop. And again, the defense plays well at home for some reason. And that's what makes me a little nervous about next week is that they have to go on the road. And I know it's like, okay, it's just a giant. It's like, whatever. But Daniel Jones threw five touchdowns today. Uh, Saquon Barkley ran for about a buck 60 against the Washington Redskins. So that makes me a little nervous. And also, again, they don't play as well on the road. And, you know, you can say, okay, it's a trash team. But they made Dwayne Haskins look like a freaking all-star last week. So if Dwayne Haskins can do that, I mean, they need to shore it up. They make sure they don't have Daniel Jones out there throwing for six touchdowns. Because we cannot afford to lose this game. Like, I do not want to lose like lose this game and then have to count on Dallas uh, losing to the Washington Redskins. I don't want that to happen. I want us to we control the destiny. Like the Dallas Cowboys, after that, often after they beat us early in the year, they were undefeated in the division. This is actually their first division loss, so they were undefeated in the division, and you know it seemed like they were rolling at the time, but they were just coming off of three straight losses. But like, after that, it was like okay, they control the destiny in the division now, but not no more. We have to win. All we have to do is win. We don't. It doesn't even matter what Dallas does. Dallas can beat the the Redskins fifty nine to nothing. And if we win twenty three to twenty, we get into the playoffs. And Doug Peterson has done a great job this year with his play calls and the defense has played well. At least at home, defense hasn't really played that well on the road. I wish. I hope they can just make this defense travel for at least one game because this is a really inferior opponent. And there's no way. No excuse for you to lose this game. It's right in front of you. Now, I know Malcolm Jenkins or Jalen Mills or uh, Carson Wentz or somebody's going to have an epic speech. Like, this is the game. We don't have time to play with you guys. We don't. Like, it's right in front of you. All you have to do is go beat the New York Giants and you're in the playoffs. And this will be the third straight season that you're in the playoffs. And again, this will be really good for Carson Wentz to get some postseason experience. And you can never have enough postseason games. And I know a lot of people want to pretty much, you know, downplay because, oh, this division is trash. I was watching Deion Sanders on NFL Network, and he's saying, like, I don't care about two seven seven teams going at it. But when you start the year, all you talk about is winning your division. First and foremost, you win your division. Now, okay, we're having a down year. The Cowboys are having a down year. And obviously the Redskins and the Giants, they, they both suck. So we're not even acknowledging those two teams. But you win your division no matter what your record is. We've had teams in the past win a division with losing records or 8-8 eight eight records. I remember the Chargers, they were 8-8. Eight eight, I think in like either 08 or 07 or one of those, somewhere in there, where they were 8-8 eight and, eight and they won the AFC West. The Seattle Seahawks won the NFC West in 2010 with a 7-9 record, and the Carolina Panthers won the NFC South in 2014 with a 7-8-1 record, and the Seahawks and the, I just draw a blank, the Seahawks and the Panthers, they both won playoff games, so you never really know when you can get in, and if you have a great quarterback, like we have in Carson Wentz, a nice quarterback, you know, he doesn't really have his full complement of weapons, but once you have those, like, the sky's the limit. I mean, you never really know. And again, it's just good to get experience. And it's good to say you've been to the playoffs three consecutive years. Like, you're Doug Peterson. You keep building up these wins. And you you say, oh, you, like, once you look at a, a coach's resume after the after his career is over, you say, okay, he coached for 11 years. And he went to the playoffs eight times. So, like, you know, or nine times or whatever the number is. So, you don't really want to take the division titles for granted. Now, I know... The Patriots, they won, like, I think 11 straight AFC division titles, and maybe they take it for granted by now. But 
there hasn't been a repeat NFC East champion since 2004. Now, in the early, early 2000s, we pretty much ran it. I mean, from 2000 to 2004, we pretty much, we owned the division. But after that, it was okay. The Cowboys went here. Giants went here. Redskins went here. Then we went in. Then Giants again. Then Cowboys. I mean, yeah, then, then the Redskins. Then us. And then it was just like back and forth, back and forth. So, it would be nice for us to win the division this year. And the Dallas Cowboys won the division last year. Hopefully, we take it back to us, and then hopefully next year we win it again, and we can be repeat champions. But for now, let's worry about this year. And there's still a lot of holes in this team. There really is. So it really is. But um, I'm not gonna worry about that. Worry about that right now. Right now, I'm gonna worry about this win. I'm gonna worry about all we have to do is beat the New York Giants, and we're in the playoffs. Now, I mentioned before that, you know, guys like Deion Sanders and other guys are just saying, oh, this division sucks and blah, blah. And that's all I heard all year from ESPN was, oh, this division is terrible. Whoever wins this division is going to get knocked out in the first round. And we, oh, I don't care about this team, these teams. These two teams, they're garbage, whatever. The NFC lease, they branded it, right? But as soon as they were able to capitalize on the situation, first take they want to go to uh chickens and peace and shoot their show there and then they want to shoot uh right outside the stadium uh sunday nfl countdown there so i'm like if this division really doesn't mean much then why are you why are you on location at at our location why are you traveling all the way to philadelphia just to cover this game that really doesn't mean anything why not go to chicago i don't know uh, cover the chiefs and the bears I, i don't know do something else like Go somewhere else. So if you really don't care about this division, like that's fine. But don't don't try to monetize and capitalize on the situation as soon as it's convenient for first take or NFL countdown. You want to have Randy Moss and you want to have Sam Ponder. You want to have all these people at the game. Like, you know what? We don't need you there. So like, just whatever. Like, they're really full of it. And speaking of TV, it's it's Christmas week now, so I really I got nothing to do on Monday morning. I cannot wait to wake up on Monday morning and turn on Fox Sports 1 and watch Skip Bayless because I could just see it now. Skip Bayless just like, oh, my Cowboys, oh, my Cowboys. And he is just going to be just hurt. And as hurt as I was with the last Eagles Dallas recap, that's how he's going to be. And I just really can't wait to see it. I might just TiVo it and just watch it on a constant loop for the rest of my life. But again, we have to win the division. Now, if we lose against the Giants next weekend, the Cowboys win and they get in, this game doesn't matter. But I will say, being the Cowboys still does feel sweet. Even if we don't win next week, I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about that at all. I don't even want to fathom that. But it still is a Dallas win, and I just was tired of losing to the Dallas Cowboys. Like it's been three consecutive games where we lost to these guys, and I was tired of saying, "Oh." The Dak Prescott is, I don't know, whatever, 5-1 against uh, Carson Wentz in his career. Or, or a game where they both start and they both finish in their, in their career. Then it was all Ezekiel Elliott is undefeated against the Eagles when he played. So, like, you got nothing more to say now. So, like, who cares? Now, Ezekiel Elliott only had about 13 carries in this game. Everybody said, oh, he didn't run the ball. But, like, you got to really look at the flow of the game. You can't just look at the stats and just go by that. You really have to kind of judge it by what time is left, where they're at where they're at on the field and pretty much like like when you get the ball. Now, if you get the ball with one minute and 14 seconds left in the half, you're not going to run the ball. Obviously, you have to keep throwing. So, it's really about the flow in the game. And the Eagles pretty much controlled this game, at least definitely in the first half. They had the ball like a lot. They think they like doubled their time possession. And they really did go with the time possession in this game as well. So, 
Now, think of the discord. It, now, the Eagles really left a lot of points and a lot of yards in the field there. So, I wish they could shore it up. I really do. But at this point, it is what it is. I think it's, I mean, obviously, it's enough to at least win the NFC East. But it's going to be tough moving forward. But we have our two tight ends, and our two tight ends are, and our running backs are pretty much how we're going to have to win this game. Now, I spoke on J.J. Arthega Whiteside earlier. He really, I don't want to say he had a good game, but at that first possession, he made two big catches. One, first, very first play of the game, he caught the ball for about 24 yards down the field, in the middle of the field. And then he made a big play, I think it was like third and 11, and he was falling down to the ground, and he made the catch for a first down. And that led to a field goal, which led to points. So it's always good when our rookie receiver who's been heavily scrutinized this year, can make a great catch. So that was good. And Big V, I want to give Big V a shout-out to Big V, Halaputi Vata, whatever, however you say his name. He had a really good game. Now, he stepped in. Now, I will say, leading up to the game, I was really nervous because of Lane Johnson. I'm, I'm going to get into that also. I'm going to get into my timeline of emotions because as an Eagles fan or as a sports fan, you really – that's the one thing, you know, you watch baseball, you watch basketball, you watch hockey. Like, there's a lot of games every single day, so you really don't have time to think about this. Like, okay, you lose to the Washington Wizards. Okay, now we got to play this game tomorrow. You don't really have time to think about it. Now, football, you really, there's a whole week in between games. So, it's like, you know, you think about this game pretty much like Monday and Tuesday. Then by Wednesday, you move on. And then from Wednesday leading up to Sunday, you just, you go through everything. Everything that can go wrong, everything that can go right. Then you go back to the things that can, that, that can go wrong. So, it's just a whole lot of stuff that that really happened. It's a whole roller coaster of emotions as a football fan. Now, uh, yeah, so Lane Johnson, he was out. But Big V, really, really good game. Now, we watched the game again. I only counted about two pressures. I mean, it was one, like, in the fourth quarter, I believe, and then one that was, like, in the second quarter. One was against DeMarcus Lawrence. They might have both been against DeMarcus Lawrence. And going against DeMarcus Lawrence, he, Lawrence is no scrub. I mean, he's a, he's a really good player. So, and him and Lane Johnson kind of got to it in the offseason on Twitter once Carson Wentz got paid. I mean, he didn't really get into it. It was just a little a little friendly, little, little Twitter banner. But um, Lane Johnson didn't play in this game. Lane Johnson had a terrible game against uh, Dallas the first time around. But I really thought that we needed him to win this game. Uh, but Big V stepped up big. And even the Super Bowl year when he, he came in and he was at left tackle, he, he was okay. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad, but he did okay. I think he had a really good game in this game. He had um, right in the red zone right before the Miles Sanders touchdown. He had a really good block where he pancaked. I think it was number 96. And he had a really good block on the touchdown also. Him, Brandon Brooks, and Jason Kelsey all, they, they triple teamed like two people. So it was a really, really good block. And, you know, he got out of space a little bit. You know, he's a little slower on the feet. He can't, can't really get out of space like a Jason Kelsey or a Brandon Brooks can. But, um... I think he held it down, like, really, really well. And also Avante Maddox. I think Avante Maddox played really, really well. And I think Avante Maddox has played well for the last couple of games. I know he gave up a touchdown to the Washington Redskins last week. But like I said last week, I think it was really good defense. I just think it was a better throw. And sometimes that just happens. And sometimes you can have the perfect defense and they can just throw it in on the back shoulder. And sometimes you have that chemistry and there's nothing you can do. Now, again, Avante Maddox had a really good game. So, um, yes, Skip Bayless, I'm watching you. But, um, so I want to say with this game, so, you know, usually, like I said, so by Monday and Tuesday, you think about, you think about the previous game 
And then by Wednesday, you pretty much move on to the next game. Now, by Wednesday, once I start thinking about this game, like, really, really, because, you know, it's Dallas week. Now, Dallas week starts a little early because it's Dallas. So, like, you're already moving on. But Wednesday, when I really, really start thinking about the game, I was a little nervous. I'm thinking, okay, like, they beat the Rams, which, let's be clear, I was not one of those people that was believing the hype because they beat the Rams. I still don't even think the Rams are that good. I know the Rams gave San Fran a really good a fight yesterday on a Saturday night, but I, I just don't really believe in the Rams, and I really don't believe in a team that can have 200-yard rushers. Now, anytime you have 200-yard rushers and you do that much when you haven't really done it all year, that's an anomaly to me. So, like, if you were doing it all year, then I could say, you know what, that's a good team, whatever. But if you're just having, like, this one game where you just go crazy, you explode, that's not really who you are. You just you just had a good day. I mean, like, for real. Like, you, you just you didn't really do much. You, you didn't prove anything to me. You just pretty much had one good game out of 15. Like, I mean, the other games have they had that's, that's good. So, I mean, you won't see the Baltimore Ravens, you know, like having a, a game where they don't score a touchdown, where they score nine points out of the entire game. So, you won't see the 07 Patriots doing that. So, so, like, even if the Patriots right now score 40 points in the game, I'm going to feel the same way. I'm going to say, you know what, their offense is not that good. I just don't believe it, you know, so because one thing does not make the man. One good play does not make you a great player. One good game doesn't make you a great team. It's an anomaly to me. I know who they really are. Look at teams. Look at people. They, they will show you who they really are. The Dallas Cowboys, they've shown you all year who they really are. They're going to beat up on the bad teams. Like, they, when they start off 3-0, and then once they start playing good teams, even when they're playing New York Jets, they still lost. So, like, but once they start playing, like, you know, better opponents, that's when they start losing. Like, like I said, the best team that they've beaten was us. So, like, I guess technically they, they have two wins against teams that are over 500. But at the time, when they beat us, we weren't over 500. So, but I guess technically they have it now. But... But again, I, I still was a little nervous because, you know, they have all of their weapons. Like, we're down everybody. I'm just Every time I look at the injury report, I just think, like, that's, that's our entire offense pretty much. I mean, you're thinking, like, Lane Johnson is out. Uh, Darren Sproles is out. Corey Clement went on IR. Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey. Our whole receiving core is out. A right tackle, two running backs, three running backs. I'm sorry. Corey Clement, Jordan Howard, and Darren Sproles are out. Pretty much half of the starters like on opening day, like, and then it's just a lot of stuff. And then you look at Dallas, and they they're not missing anybody, like, and you know they want to say with the Dak Prescott, he his shoulder, they're probably going to use that as an excuse to, uh, this week to say why he missed on a lot of these throws. I don't think it had nothing to do with this shoulder. I think Dak isn't that accurate of a quarterback. I've heard Cowboys fans say that out of their own mouth that Dak Prescott is not that accurate. There's a reason that Dak, Pres Dak Prescott fell to the fourth round. Like when people say, "Oh, how did he last to the fourth round?" There's a reason he went to the fourth round. Like, like he's not that good. Like, okay, he's good. He's an NFL player. You know, he's a probably a top 20, 25 quarterback in the league right now. And then, okay, maybe fifteen, I, and twenty, whatever. I, the best I'm giving you is twenty, Dak. I'm, I'm not giving you no more than that. But you know, every once in a while, you'll get a guy that's, oh, this is a great player. How did like Antonio Brown? He was, I think, he was a six round pick. Like. Uh, Tom Brady was a six-round pick, but like guys like that is maybe their work ethic is just like what got him there. But anytime a guy falls to a fourth or fifth or the third round, it's probably a reason that he fell to that place. He's probably wasn't he probably wasn't that good. He didn't have the size. Now a lot of times they don't have the size and they work on the size once they get to the NFL. But like it is what it is, you know. It's like 
he's not that good. So his accuracy was never his strong suit at Texas A&M, and his accuracy still isn't his strong suit. So I don't want. I just don't want to hear the excuses. Now Carson Wentz, he beat him on a when he's throwing to Greg Ward and J.J. Ortega Whiteside had two catches pretty much the whole game, both on the, the first drive. Then uh, Dallas Garter, he used him a lot. It was a stretch right before half where he threw it to him like five straight, five or six straight times, I believe. And so he used Dallas Goddard a lot today. And that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to use our tight ends. We're going to have to use our running backs. But um, my Sanders is a – oh, no, let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. This is See, when I talk Eagles, I just start rambling on. Anybody who knows me in person, they can vouch for this. I, I just I, – I get a little sidetracked. But um, on Wednesday, I was, like, really nervous. But then, you know, by Friday, I was – I felt really, really good. And I don't know if it was just – seeing like videos and seeing seeing press conferences and just seeing just watching highlights from you know weeks past just seeing all the good plays i'm like well i feel really good about this game like, I, i'm telling you like on friday i felt good enough to where i was like, okay i'm putting money on this game because i really i felt that <laughs> i felt that positive about this week's results about the eagles but, um, you know, and then, you know, I'm like, maybe tomorrow I won't feel as good. And by Saturday, I still felt good, but I, I came down a little bit. Now, on Friday, I was about at a, at a 100. Um, but I still felt good on Saturday, but I was down to like an 80, about an 80, 85. I came down just a little bit. Then by Sunday, once I found out, now, Saturday, I knew Nelson Aguilar wasn't playing, which, you know, we've been without Nelson Aguilar for a couple weeks now, so I'm like... I'm not even surprised at this point. Like it is, if we get Nelson Aguilar back, great. If not, it is what it is. But by Sunday, once I found out that Lane Johnson wasn't playing, my confidence meter went from like an 85 down to like a 50, honestly. Because I said on a couple episodes ago, leading up to this this game, we need Lane Johnson to play well. Now Vitae, he might have been able to get away with it at home. But on the rule, it's a different story now. Players, especially young players, they kind of struggle on the rule. Offensive linemen, they struggle on the rule. The snap counts are different. The the noises are different. Like the other team can get a, a big, a better jump. So it's a little different being at home and being on the rule for an offensive lineman. Now, again, once Lane Johnson was out, I was like really, really nervous about this game. And just leading up to it, I'm just like, okay. I feel good again. I feel good again. But then once it started, we started, like, actually getting some yards. I'm like, okay. And like I said, I had the, the 2008 Bobs, and it didn't quite go down like that. They had to hold on for, like, a, a close win, which is cool because I never really had any doubt when the Dallas Cowboys were driving that ball at the end. Once they – even when they were, like, at the 30-yard line, I really was like, we're going to get a stop. And I'm like, even if they score a touchdown, they're not going to get the two-point conversion on us. So we're gonna get the ball back regardless. And once we got the ball back, I mean, I'm like, okay, let's let's calm down. Now a lot of people they they get hyped after like a play. They get okay. Oh, we got we got the stop game is over. But I'm just like, yeah, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. But I'm also a realist where I'm like, okay, game's not over. I'm constantly watching the clock. I don't really like to celebrate until I know the game is in the bag. I'm like, you ever watch a coach on the sideline? And the team is up like 21 to nothing. And the whole team is celebrating the running backs. And they're doing dances. And they're doing this. And they're doing that. And you see, look at the coach on the sideline. And he's just chewing his gum. Not showing no kind of emotion at all. That's kind of what I'm like. Now, sometimes I show a little emotion. But I really am just like, 
in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking like, oh, all right, we're only up by 17. All they need to do is get a touchdown here, then a quick three and out, then another touchdown, that's a three-point game. Then it's like, then it's anybody's game. So I'm always thinking about that. I've seen too many things happen in, in football to ever get too comfortable. I mean, I've seen, I mean, you're talking about last year against the Carolina Panthers where we had a 17-point lead going into the fourth quarter and we ended up losing the game. We had a, we had the Tennessee Titans last year, like fourth and like 19, I think. In fourth quarter, they end up converting that and winning that game in overtime. So I've just seen some crazy things happen. So I can never really get too high when anything good happens. But um, but it ended up working out because Big V had a really good game. Offensive line, they, they kept Carson Wentz pretty clean. They only gave up about one sec, which that was on Big V. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence uh, stripped the ball out. Oh, speaking of stripping the ball out. We got that clear recovery call back. I mean, they, they made up for that call last year. Now, if you're a real Eagles fan and you're a diehard Eagles fan, you know what, exactly what I'm talking about. Last year in the Dallas game, we had, it was the opening kickoff. They fumbled the ball and we recovered. I think it was Malcolm Jenkins that got it. Or it might've been Camu uh, uh, Grugier Hill. Somebody got it for us though. Like came out with the ball, but then they looked at the replay and they said, not a clear recovery. And we're all like, what do you mean not a clear recovery? I, I don't I, I, I don't understand what are you talking about? So and that ended up screwing us in the long run, which it was the first quarter. So like that really maybe it didn't change anything at all. Because the offense didn't really get going to the fourth quarter anyway, so we might have lost the game anyway, but it still is a little frustrating to deal with at the time. But we didn't even know that they fumbled the ball because that was a really good play by uh Duke Riley. It was our third and one. They were pretty much getting close to the red zone. They tried to do this little option pitch. Duke Riley didn't lose containment. He pretty much forced him back inside, and they made the play. Uh, Fletcher Cox and TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards is the one that uh, recovered the fumble, and Fletcher Cox is the one that forced the fumble. So, like, you know, from guys like J.J. Arthur Whiteside, Sidney Jones, and Duke Riley, and TJ Edwards, just a lot of guys are just making plays today, you know? So, but, you know, like I said, Fletcher Cox is, like, holding the ball up, and he's like, like, we got it, we got it. And he's like, no, challenge it, challenge it. And they challenge it, and they see the ball did come out, and it's a clear recovery. So we got the ball. Ultimately, we didn't really do anything with it. We punted the ball away anyway. But the defense held this, like, around long enough to where the offense could score. Now, the offense and defense still haven't really played a perfect game yet. But it's like the offense plays better on the road, but the defense plays better at home for some strange reason. I don't know why, but the defense just kept doing it. And every time they kept getting the ball back, I'm like nervous. Like, oh my God, they're going to take the lead. They're going to take the lead. But the defense just kept doing their thing. Like, Avante Maddox making plays. Jalen Mills making plays. Like, even the Dallas Cowboys making plays, helping us out by just dropping the ball and Dak Prescott being super inaccurate. Like, Jason Witten had a drop in. Amart, he, he had one play where he was in the middle of the zone. Amari Cooper... And Dak threw it way too high. He got like one hand on the ball. So, but we we appreciate you throwing the ball over his head. So, thank you for that, Dakota Prescott. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's it is what it is. But I'm going. I will say uh, I'm going to kind of transition to Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders had a really good game again, and Miles Sanders is going to be a player, man. I and it's funny because when we drafted him. And you know, like right like training camp and preseason, I'm like, okay, he's a, he's a good player, you know. And we needed a back. We needed. We always needed a guy that can make people miss. And I always, 
thought that. And there was a couple plays in this game where he just made the first guy miss, and he makes big yards out of it. He, like, he actually makes plays. Like, like I, I've said this for, like, well, I guess a year now. Last year, we had nobody that could, like, really make anybody miss. It was pretty much like, okay, whatever plays there, that's the play we're going to make. If there's eight yards there, he's going to get the eight yards, but he's not going to make that into 12 or 15 yards. Now, Mount Sanders can take that six-yard game, turn it to a 14-yard game because he has the great vision to see everything, and he can make the moves as well. And, you know, he can break tackles too, and that's what you need with a running back. You need, like, a couple of those things. You need a running back that has great vision. You need a guy that can make the first man miss. And, you know, you have to be a good pass blocker as well, which, you know, he's still a work in progress on that. But he's a great receiver too, which that was one thing that he struggled with coming out of college. That, that's what this scout report said. He said he wasn't a great receiver. Like, and for a stretch early in the year, he was pretty much our best receiver. So, but he's he's really, really doing good. And I and I thought, like I said, Starting the season, I thought, you know, Jordan Howard is a nice little, you know, he's a nice, like, short yardage back or whatever. He was really good, though. I really miss Jordan Howard. But I, I like Miles Sanders. And it would definitely really be a, a good one-two punch. Now, if we can make it to the playoffs and get Jordan Howard back for the playoffs, that will be really, really good to see, like, both of those guys out there because they, they do different things. Anytime you have two backs that do different things, is really good because you can always, you know, change up the pace. You know, you can hit him with the, the big strong guy to run you over, and then you can hit him with the fast guy to, like, catch the ball at the backfield, and sometimes you can go with them both in the backfield, so it's a lot of different things you can do. But, um, yes, I'm really a big fan of Miles Sanders, and I thought, you know, by the second half of the season, Miles Sanders would take over the starting job because, you know, John Howard is a, a guy that can, you know, get your short yards, but Miles Sanders is your big playmaker. So I really thought by this time, he would like take over the starting job. He pretty much took it over by default because Jordan Howard is hurt. But I thought he would have took it anyway by this time. And I think by next year, I don't know. Jordan, I mean, I'm assuming Jordan Howard will still be here. I think he's is he a free agent after this year. I'm not sure. I had I would have to look that up. But um, I can see Miles Sanders just being our lead guy. Like we haven't had really a lead back since LaShawn McCoy. Because even the year DeMarco Murray was here. He was paid like the lead back, but we had Ryan Matthews, and, and it just wasn't working with DeMarco Murray. And then even like in Doug Peterson's first year, it was Ryan Matthews, and it was like Darren Sproles, and it was just like a it's just been a running back by committee like since Doug Peterson's got here as well because it's been like LeGarrette Blunt and then Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles and just a whole bunch of stuff. But and you know, Miles Sanders had had 20 carries today again, uh, and then you factor in his catches like he has over 20 carries like the last. Like a couple games, you know, he had five catches today. That's 25 touches for the second consecutive week. So that's really good to see by Miles Sanders. He's had a 766 yards for the season, which is crazy. Then he has almost he's over 400 yards in receiving as well. So Miles Sanders having a really really good year. And this is his second straight week with a rushing touchdown. I really I really like this kid. I really I really really do. So I'm excited to watch him grow. Excited to watch his future. And I'm just excited to watch these guys. So I really just want to watch Skip Bayless tomorrow. Like I just want to watch ESPN. I want to I want to watch first take. I want to see Max Kellerman's face. I just want to see it all. I just wow, so glad we won this game. I, mean, I, I just want to watch the highlights again. I really do. I just want to see Dallas lose again. I don't even want Dallas to lose next week. I want them to win 
so we can win it because it'll feel so much sweeter to win with us winning also. Now, if we lose the game and then Dallas loses the game too and we back into the playoffs, I don't want that. I want to win this game. We need to win this game. So, I don't want to hear it. But, um, yeah, I think I pretty much got to everything. Oh, Jerry Jones. That's what I wanted to say. Jerry Jones, so glad to see you miserable like that. It, that really just made me happy. So, it just, after we pretty much knew we were going to win, the camera, you know, they always show Jerry Jones a million times a game for every single Cowboys game. And when he was getting up in his press box and was, like, kind of leaving, he was just so good to see. And I just, like, oh, my God, that makes me so happy. And it's funny because I, like, Jason Garrett is annoying. His stupid face is annoying to look at. But I don't even hate him as much as I hate Jerry Jones. Maybe because Jerry Jones has been there longer, and you just see him all the time. Like he's the owner and the GM and the president, and he's like he might as well be the coach at this point and a player. So, and we just see him all the time. And as much as I hate the Cowboys, I don't want to see this dude all the time. All the time. So it's just annoying to look at this dude. But I like to see when he's upset. I hate to see him happy, but I love to see him upset. Misery loves company, baby. But um. Yes. Wentz, though, man. Carson Wentz. I want to say this before I leave. Carson Wentz came up really, really big. Now, I know the last three weeks, oh, this is the biggest game of his career. This is the biggest game of his career. This is the biggest game of his career. This was the biggest game of his career. This was definitely the biggest game of his career. I'm telling you right now. And I know some people say, like, it's a bad thing, but it's not really a bad thing. It's a good thing. Like, these last couple years, he's been hurt at these times. Now, 2016, he hasn't been able to... Now, in 2016, they were 7 and 9. So by this time in 2016, the year was pretty much over. It was a wash. It was like, okay, we got a rookie coach, a rookie quarterback. Like, and whatever. We're going to move forward. 2017, they were having a really good season, obviously. 13-3, number one seed in the, in the NFC. And they win the Super Bowl. But by this time in 2017, Carson Wentz got hurt. So Nick Foles was the one out there playing. Last year, by this time again, Nick Foles had gotten hurt again. So... I remember the game right before Christmas, uh, the Texans game, Nick Foles was out there. So, And they asked him about it in the press conference also. Like, it just feels so much better actually being out there as opposed to watching from the sideline. So it's really good. So this was definitely his biggest game of the year because it was in December and Carson Wentz was actually on the field. Now, knock on wood, Carson Wentz should play 16 games for the first time since his rookie year. And anybody who's hating on Carson Wentz, anybody who thinks Carson Wentz is overrated or whatever you want to say, whatever the hoopla is, just cut it out. Carson Wentz went out there and won three straight division games, one on the road where his defense was a little inconsistent and his receivers are inconsistent. He doesn't really, I mean, Greg Ward is a nice story, and I really hope he's back again because I think he could be a really, really good complimentary receiver. But Greg Ward shouldn't be our number one receiver. At this point, if you Greg Ward's the number one receiver, it's not really a good look. No, no disrespect to him. I'm a big fan. That's my guy. But we um, once we get our real, real guys back, I'll, it'll be better. Now, if you would have threw Greg Ward in with a, a healthy Alshon Jeffrey and a healthy Deshaun Jackson, even a nice Aguilar, that'd be really, really good. But as a top option, I'm not really sure. But... You look at what his, like, Carson Wentz's options are. He doesn't really have many receivers. I know Greg Ward had the big play, but but you only have one receiver. It's kind of tough. And you got your tight ends and your running back. So, but for him to go out there and win three consecutive divisional games, hope, hopefully he makes it four in December, that shows you that he's big time. I don't want to hear that he's not clutch. I don't want to hear that he doesn't come up big. Like, he's done it these last couple weeks they've all been close games 
Now a lot of people say, oh, like he he only he won he barely beat the Redskins, he barely beat the Giants, but like, don't you want him to win close games? Like winning close games builds character. It really does. I don't think people understand like because when we were he was blowing out teams in 2017, it was oh they're just blowing out teams. He hasn't won any close games. So like, which is it? Like, is it he's not winning close games or can he not win close games? So like, I don't understand. It's like people say he. He didn't win any close games in 2017 because they were up big on everybody. But now it's like, oh, he can't win close games. But like, he's won three straight. I guess bad opponents, I, I agree. But he still won close games. So like, I, I don't understand. Like, it's like he doesn't have the we-, we don't have the weapons. We don't have the luxury to blow out opponents. We don't have the luxury to go up and and go 75 yards in two plays anymore. We don't have that team anymore. At least not right now. Maybe next year. But right now, we just we just don't have it right now. So. We're going to just do this, and Carson Wentz is going to put this team on his back. He threw for another 300 yards today, threw another touchdown. I believe he's thrown a touchdown in every single game this year, which is, I think that's a, a record. I think that's like the longest active streak right now. So, And he has uh, 3,700 yards, like 26 touchdowns, rating is in the 90s. So, yeah, he's thrown a touchdown in every single game. So... Say what you want to say about Carson Wentz, but I will not tolerate the Carson Wentz slander. I will not tolerate the Sidney Jones slander. I will not tolerate the Avante Maddox slander. I will not tolerate none of this. So, like, and definitely no Doug Peterson slander. So, you can keep that to yourself. So, um, yes. So, I'm going to head out of here. I'm done talking about this Eagles and Dallas game. I did really bad on my picks, though. My, like, my weekly picks. I think I only got, like, one right. But you know what? I don't even care because the Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys. And that's all that matters. The Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys. Like, again, like, finally, I'm so... My heart, honestly, could not have taken another loss to the Dallas Cowboys. I may have just, like, given up. And I was starting... I was this close to giving up after the Miami game. I might have given up. I'll have to listen back to that episode after the Miami game because <laughs> I might have said some things I regretted. But um, they're back in it, y'all. And, like, no matter what you say, Philadelphia, like, these, this team fights, man. Even last year, I remember, like, no matter what happens, whether they make the playoffs or not, I just love the way they battled back last year. And they're doing the same thing this year. And I love the way they're doing it. They're just battling back and they're staying in contention. And, and when you battle back and you fight, you put your head down and you fight and you work hard, things like this happen. And we could be in the playoffs. We could be playing the like right now, the Seattle Seahawks are the five seed, so we'd be playing the Seahawks. And I don't know why everyone is acting like we can't beat the Seahawks because we pretty much, I mean, I don't want to say we almost beat them, but we were right there with them last time we played them. So, and the Seahawks just lost to the Arizona Cardinals. So, um, they're pretty vulnerable. And they lost their top two running backs. They lost their left tackle. They lost Dwayne Brown. They lost, that's their, that's their, that's their tackle. They lost Chris Carson, who's their top running back. Then they lost Chris Prosize, who's their like third string running back behind Rashad Penny. But that's really going to be tough. But I think we can win. Again, I don't want to look ahead because we still got to beat the Giants. The job is not done. We still have to win this game against the Giants. We still got to beat Daniel Jones. We get our first taste of Daniel Jones. We got to shut down Stacon Barkley like we did against Ezekiel Elliott today. And we got to keep that Darius Slayton dude out the end zone because like, that's a fast guy right there. But, um, yeah, definitely, um, I'm definitely looking forward to this game. So, beat the Giants. On to the next one. 
So I'm going to head out. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening to another episode of It's Just a Game Podcast. I think this is episode 34. I may be wrong. So thanks for listening. And I remember, it's just a game.